0: Today we're going to do something a little different for the message. How many of you have been really just impacted by all God has been speaking over this last month? Amen? I mean, there's just been so much that's going on. I mean, if we go back, I mean, go back to Emma and Sam at the start of August, and there's some different words I was able to share, and then Pastor Sharon just crushed it last week with her message. I mean, it was so good. And doing that, so what we thought we'd do a little different here on Labor Day today is we wanna take some time to actually unpack some of the things that God's been saying to us in more of a conversational format. So I wanna welcome Pastor Sharon, Pastor Samuel and Victoria Martin who are gonna be coming to join me today and we're gonna have more of a conversation to talk about different things God's been saying, but talk about how do we actually live this out? What does this look like? How can we as a church family make sure these are not just great services where we go, wow, that was powerful. I'm not quite sure what to do. That was powerful. But how do we actually be doers of the word, amen? And so why don't you give these guys a hand as they come. The team is getting things set up. And come on in and grab your seats. Anything I have to give a shout out. I don't know if we have any Canadian basketball fans in the house, but is well. close your ears if you're waiting to watch the taped game later, but Canada did get the victory today, so they advanced in Jesus' name, so praise the Lord for that. I was really praying it would finish before service started, because I would not be able to focus very well. It was a tight game, but we won. We came through in the end, so I, I, I tell the truth. Me and Pastor Sam were hiding out in the hallway watching it on my phone to see what the final score was. But we did get in before service started, so we did.
1: There was a minute left before service started. So
2: so you guys missed prayer then? You know what? We're always (laughs) We were always always praying. praying.
0: We were praying. We were were interceding (laughs) in the spirit for the victory for Team Canada. (laughs) And that's why
1: Team Canada won, because we were praying. (laughs) Yeah, we were praying, and if you've been
0: a Canada basketball fan for the last 20 years, you know this is a big one. So (laughs) anyway, seriously, it is good to have you guys. Thank you for being willing, and and we had a lot of fun in first service. I suspect we'll have a lot of fun this time of well. So obviously you guys know Pastor Sharon very well, or you should at least. You know Pastor Samuel. Some of you may not know Victoria quite as well. She's one of our amazing leaders. She and her husband have served in youth. She served in other different capacities. But Vic, why don't you introduce yourself just really quickly. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little more before we start the conversation.
3: Hi, everyone. I am Victoria Martin. I'm married to Paul Martin. Um, and as Pastor Brennan said, we um, serve in the youth ministry. I've been coming to, well, CWL, um, when it first started, I came 15 years ago. So, and Paul's been here even longer. So we've been here for a while. Um, we have six children, and I'm an entrepreneur. Awesome. <laughs> so you said you have, you have what? Six children? I have six children. The youngest is two, and what? our oldest is 17.
0: Amen, 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 and they have a beautiful, beautiful family, if you don't know them, just a wonderful, incredible family. So, let's jump right in, let's talk about it. We're going to start back at the start of August. How many of you were here when the weekend where Emma and Sam were here? Emma Stark, Sam Robertson, okay, a lot of us. How many were here for the Deliverance Conference? So, we had a bunch of people there at the Deliverance Conference. Okay, so we got a bunch of hands raised as well, too. So, let's start with that weekend. What was you one or two of the things I mean there was so much that God said on that weekend there was so much that God did I mean to be honest with you it was a little mind-blowing in some different levels but what were some things that really stood out to you guys from what God said and it could be a little mix of personal what God was really stirring you personally but also what you heard God say to us as a church family Vic why don't we start with you
3: So leading up into this season, I've already been kind of fascinated with deliverance and just um, seeing demons cast out to the supernatural because that is our mandate as Christians. That's kind of base level stuff that we're supposed to be walking in, though a lot of us aren't. And so I was excited to go to the Demon Busters conference and uh, we saw so many people just set free from, um, you know, just bondages and demons really. Um, and it was just so cool to see, um, how we were empowered to exercise our authority because we all have authority in Christ and, and we're walking this daily life, but really it's a spiritual war and we have to be so cognizant of that. And so I think just the, um, the reminder of that, that this is, this is battle and, uh, we are empowered to walk in authority and in victory.
0: Amen, amen, amen Can we, could, I want to drill down on that a little bit more So, you know, we talk about this authority And the victory that we have And walking in authority In your life as a, as a mom As a business owner As an entrepreneur uh, as, as an influencer in many ways What, how does that look for you? Like, how has that looked in, in your daily life? Or, and maybe to what are you aspiring to? Because I know sometimes you're like Well, I'm still working at it But how does how's that look for you?
3: Yeah, I think for me it's always been easy to feel overwhelmed by life and just feel like I'm just trying to keep up with life, um, but when you really see it from kingdom perspective, that this is not just daily life, what we see in front of us—it's a spiritual battle. Um, we can come before the throne of God and and conquer those things in the spirit realm, and then see them uh, manifest in the natural. So, for example, if you know we're we're going through stuff, we have two teenagers, and um, it's really rough sometimes. And sometimes it's like, okay, um, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying to see victory in a certain area in our relationships with our kids, or in in their relationship with God. Um, Um, And when we pray, we actually see that we're taking territory. But then, of course, we're in a spiritual battle, so we get the pushback. But I I know that I can come to God, and he hears my prayers, and we are already on the winning team. So as long as we're coming and connecting with God um, and and exercising the authority that we have, we can be victorious in every area of our life.
0: Amen, amen. That's really good. Yeah, you can give a hand for that. Amen. Uh, Pastor Samuel, how about you? What was one or two things that really stood out to you from that weekend?
1: Um, what stood out to me was what God spoke over the destiny of our our church and the promises you know one of the things was how much the Lord trusts us and um, even the highlights and how they highlight it's like it's not often that we hear that they they hear the Lord say that over a body it's like God trusts you and it's what God trusts us with which is to hold his glory and to be a house um, that is that represents um, the kingdom, a house that can um, that he can entrust with the very essence of who he is. I was saying in first service, um, most kids who are young had like Superman as their hero, and or Batman, or all these different people. Mine, a childhood hero, of mine was Benny Hinn, and for those of you. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's just true, right? Thank you, thank you for that hand. Thank you, for those of you who don't know who he is. He he is a traveling evangelist who um, carried the presence of God in such a tangible and powerful way. So it was like you know he saw signs and wonders and miracles and wore these white suits and and sang Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And then the people would come, Pastor Benny, Pastor Benny. And I would I would role play the whole thing. So it was like it was like uh, you know.
2: Why does the the pastor Benny sound like a female?
1: <laughs> you know what? Because they were always out of breath. Okay. It wasn't a female, but they were always out of breath. They're like Pastor Benny, and like just scream. Sque- anyways, just screaming. But anyway, that was pick him up, Jimmy. Pick him up. <laughs> up. Pick him up. Pick him up. Pick him up. You know with a jacket and then he would slay anyways yes so so Benny Hinn was a childhood hero of mine but the reason why is because of how he carried the glory and how he carried the presence of God and how the I'll call it the supernatural mind you we're not allowed to say the supernatural anymore but the miraculous was normal it was it was a, and he had a a or he has a very intimate relationship with holy spirit where he lived out the book of acts so when when Emma and Sam came and they released the word of the lord and said the lord says that they trust you to hold the glory and they talked about signs wonders and miracles i said yes god thank you so much because now i get to be in a place where i can live out some of the things that i dreamed of when i was a child
0: amazing 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 Beloved, how about you?
2: Yeah, um, I would agree just with everything everybody said. I think the scripture talks about in Matthew 12 that this is how you know the kingdom of God has come upon you uh, where demons are cast out and where freedom is obtained. And I think um, one of the things that really stood out to me while Emma and Sam were here was that they raised the water levels in our house to go after something in God that should be normal Christianity, uh, but for unfortunately for most believers is not part of our daily walk, which is seeing people set free, uh, the kingdom of God coming up upon people in a miraculous way. Um, I think something else that stood out to me was Um, they referenced this in one of the prophetic words they said you know you no longer will be a pool of Bethesda and in fact if you've been around here long enough we've been on this platform we said like God is stirring the pool of Bethesda and the scripture which talked about where people you know would dip themselves in the pool and would become whole but they said we are now becoming a river how many people remember this song Um, it's like an old church song Um, there is a river of life flowing out from me. Anybody? Makes the way to walk and the blind to see. Anyways, I'm going to sing it. Um, I just know who, who went to church, you know. Um, some of you are looking at me like, well, what song is that? Um, okay.
1: So- <laughs> All right,
2: so they, the, one of the words, the distinctive words was that God was going to, that this would become a river that would flow, that would start, you know, God would do something in our midst that would flow from here to the nations. And that was really exciting for me because I know for myself, I've always carried the nations in my heart. I've carried the nations from the time that I was a little girl. I would pray. I would hold, you know, the flag of Spain and I would weep over the flag of Spain. I would take the flag of another nation, weep over another nation. And I know the Lord, if you look around, the nations are gathered here and the Lord has mandated mandated us uh, that what he is going to do here in stewarding the glory, that it would touch the nations of the earth. So that was quite exciting for me, that no longer are we just a pool where people are going to dip in and dip out and get healed and whole, but we would be a river that runs to the nations of the earth. That's
1: good.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, I think one of the things I'll add that I'm always very challenged, I'm really challenged regarding this every time I sit under, particularly Emma's ministry, but also Sam coming as well, is I'm just challenged to be hungry for more. You know, it gets so easy that we just kind of settle in our devotions, our worship, and, and it was like this challenge for, you know what? There's more in God. There's more to believe for. There's more in the spirit realm that you can experience and walk in walking. Not that you're necessarily seeking those things, but in doing that, but then combined with that, there is such a scholarship and understanding of the word of God that challenges me to go deeper in the scriptures and challenges me to go deeper in my understanding of the word. So those were just two things that really impacted for me. So let me bridge that into another question because we wanna keep growing as a prophetic house and even when you talk about prophetic in a room like this, you'll just have a whole diverse group of people. You have some people who are very comfortable with that, very excited about that. You have other people who maybe just don't understand it very much. Some people maybe have bad experiences. You talk about prophetic and you kind of cringe a little bit. You know, so we're talking about being healthy in a prophetic house. And one of the biggest things that I know I came to understand is that God will give you words, but you still have your part to play to steward those words. You still have to do your part. I think sometimes we just automatically assume, well, God said it, so that just means it's automatically going to happen instead of understanding our part in stewarding it and our part in walking out. So, you know, God said a lot to us corporately. God said many things, not just in that weekend, but for many of us in here, God said things personally to us. What are some keys for us to walk out what God said? Maybe, Pastor Sam, I'll start with you on this one.
1: Um, you know, the first thing you have to do is you have to judge the word. And what I mean by judge the word is you have to make sure um, you have to 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 have the word on the backdrop of the written word of God. So it cannot be extra biblical. And if it is, you know, if someone comes and there's a prophet that says, you know, Satan is Lord just you right away you knows okay this 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 is not this is not a word from God so you have to ju- judge it you have to make sure that it it is it's biblical and one of we'll talk about this a little bit more but you also in judging the word um, often sometimes often prophetic words are things that the Lord has already even hinted towards you. Have you heard it before? Or a, a, there is a sense of peace that comes um, when you hear There's a witness in your heart um, when you hear the word. And then there are times where the Lord will speak something that is out of left field that comes to realign you because you're thinking of yourself was too small. But all that is part of judging the word. Secondly, is you have to, um, you have to go through the word and In order to go through the word is you have to first either like record it write it down make sure that you've kept the word and determine what is your part and what is God's part Um, because most if not all prophetic words are conditional so in a word God says if you do this I will do this and it's often like that so you write down God's part and God's part is God's part and you may need to remember remind yourself of God's part because sometimes hope deferred comes but you also have to do your part you have to know what you're responsible for and for the word that we got as a church was if you are willing this is what god will do so really the condition for us as a church body is our willingness, our willingness to give God our yes. When things get difficult, our willingness to take risks, our willingness to, to, to step out in faith. So if we are willing, then God will do.
0: No, that's really, really good. Uh, I'll put a plug in here. If you're not familiar with pastor Sharon and pastor Samuel, lead something called school, of the spirit, and they dive much more in depth into these types of teachings and things. But, uh, Beloved, do you want to add a thought as well to how do we steward these words that are given to us well?
2: Um, just to echo a couple things Pastor Samuel said. Um, how many people have actually gotten a personal prophetic word? And how many people um, have gone, had that word documented? Hands up again. How many people go over that documented word once a month? Oh, gosh. How many people go over that documented word once a week? where are my students? None of you, where have you been? Anyways, um, here's the the reality of it is, is that if we believe and you've judged a word to be an accurate word of the Lord, then that is something that is so precious to you about giving you insight as to what God is going to do in your life and how he's going to do it. The problem is a lot of us get words and it's like, oh, it seems like a, you know, a delightful fantasy. Something like, oh, maybe he'll do it, maybe he'll not. Uh, but every prophetic word, the person who's delivering it is releasing their faith in it. There's a, 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 an anointing to deliver a prophetic word. There's an anointing to interpret that and, and, and receive it. And then there's an anointing to walk it out that your faith has to be released into it. So, if you don't consistently go over the word, then you really are not building faith in your heart that, that that which the Lord has said will come to pass. What does that look like? That looks like I'll, you know, I've got a, a you know, voice memo on my phone and I have a series of words that I'll go through periodically in rotation. And then what I'll do is I'll take the word and I'll begin to craft decrees over the word. So if the word was, Hey, you know, the word of the Lord says that you're gonna be a prophet to the nation, then what I would do is I would take that word and say, Father, I thank you that you've made me a prophet to the nation. God, I thank you that you are opening doors. God, that your your words are in my mouth. Father, I thank and I begin to go to war with what the Lord has spoken. Because here's the thing, if we just wait around to see it fulfilled, there is a, once again, often conditions on it, um, and we're waiting around, and many people walk around highly disappointed that that which was spoken over them never comes into fruition, but part of it is because they haven't released their faith in it through prophetic decrees. So I wanna encourage you, when it comes to stewarding the prophetic word, part of the Bible says that you be found a good steward is that you go through the word, you look at scriptures that are in line with that word. If God says he's gonna give you favor, he's gonna open doors for you, then you begin to declare and to decree that. And interestingly enough, I believe right now we are in a window of time where many of you are holding words like you're holding them like stones in your pocket. They feel weighty, but they don't feel like they're going anywhere. And I feel like the, the Lord says, take those stones out. And like David did, he shot them out, you know, to crush the giant that was coming after him. And I think many people are just, they're wallowing in doubt in a sense of like, I don't even know, like I'm getting older. I don't know if this is going to work, if you're going to do it. And the, the word of the Lord is, is take those weighty things that he has spoken over you out. For some of you, it may be marriage. For some of you, it may be that job that you're waiting on and begin to release your faith in it. And that's part of the stewardship process.
0: No, it's really good. And I can definitely say from, that's one of the things I've learned from my wife, because I was definitely one of those people who was very guilty of getting words, not properly documenting the words, and never going back over the word. So she'd say, hey, have you listened to that prophecy from that person recently? I'm like, uh, no. And she's like, how about this? Uh, no. You know, and and I, because I didn't understand more of how to steward it well. You know, because some of you don't know. You just get it. Oh, that's great. That's nice. But it's actually stewarding and walking it out. So it's really important. And I think for us as a church as well, it's saying, okay, we want to steward and walk out what God's doing. We want to say yes to that. Vic, any thoughts to add to all of this?
3: I just want to say that I'm so grateful to be part of a prophetic church because there have been so many times in the years that I've been here that I've gotten prophetic words from um, so many different people um, in key moments, um, key moments of our lives where we had to make key decisions. I can honestly say that I wouldn't be where I am in life if I hadn't gotten those words and, you know, been obedient and, you know, just stewarding those words while praying over them and, like, just waging warfare over God's will over my life, so.
0: No, it's really good. And you mentioned in first service, you mentioned, too, about a word from Prophet Yule. Yeah. Remember, do you want to share about that one that impacted you, just kind of as a personal example?
3: Yeah, so Prophet Yule, when we were CWL back at... Uh, Scarborough UFC campus, came and he was, um, as he always does, he'll call out a cer- uh, like a certain group of people um, to pro- prophesy or pray over. And uh, I remember at one point he was like, I want to pray for all the business owners. And I remember Pastor Bren was like, Vic, aren't you a business owner? Stand up. And I'm like, it's okay. I was kind of just like hanging back, letting other people get their prophetic words, sitting down so I didn't stand up. And then Prophet Yul looked right at me, called me out, and he was like, God has a huge call on your life. Just started going into this big prophetic word that was just lofty in my mind. I, like, I was like, wow, like that, that's interesting. I don't know if that, like, how is that going to be, you know? Um, but I prayed into it and um, just, you know, continued... Um, just, again, asking God, okay, how, what is this going to look like? I, I, I pray, God, that your will be done. And just slowly over the years, seeing God lead me um, to, to see some of the words that he gave me fulfilled. And so, um, yeah, I encourage you, um, if you have gotten any prophetic words, go back to them, pray over them, steward them well.
0: Amen. Amen. So let's jump forward a little bit now. We're going to jump on the August 20th weekend. i had actually shared a message. Many of you were probably here to hear it, but we talked about four things that will keep us out of the promised land. So also we're talking about stewarding these words. We were talking about four things that can keep us out of the promised land, out of the promises, out of the words of what God has shared. And we talked about idolatry, sexual immorality, Putting Christ to the test by speaking against God and spiritual leadership, and grumbling and complaining. So, my first question for you is, what stood out to you and why? I'm going to start with Pastor Samuel again.
1: So, two of them stood out to me, but I'm going to start with grumbling and complaining. I remember, um, again, when my wife and I first got married, um, I one of my goals was to have children. I'm like. Married a week, I'm like, girl, get ready, because I will impregnate you, and we will have many children, like a good Congolese man, but <laughs> but she was like, you know what, let's just hold on, give me a year, and you know, because once kids come, you know, it's a game changer, life changes forever, I was like, you know what, I am giving you a year and not a second less, okay, once the year is up, you will be pregnant, it may be miraculous, but I don't know what's going to happen. Um, So the year came, and we started trying, and nothing happened. Two years, nothing happened. Three years, nothing happened. And by like the fourth year, or no, by the second year, um, our doctor was like, you know what, you should get checked out. And we went, we got checked out, and they called it unexplained infertility. And I was like, wait a second. We came here so so that you can explain to us what is happening. Why are you saying it's unexplained? If we if we wanted it to be unexplained, we wouldn't have come here. And it's unexplained infertility. So I get into the zone where I'm getting super angry with God. Why? Because my wife is working with kids because she's she's a teacher, and at the time I'm the youth pastor. So this is my conversation with the Lord. Oh my God, that's not fair. I'm taking care of your children, but yet I can't have my own. Why God? Why have you forsaken me? God, why? And and. And not to minimize, it was really painful, really painful. It was sorry for not to minimize my pain. But that was the, 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 the language and the conversation I was having with God over and over again. And the more I had these conversations with God, the, the deeper I went into the vortex of like, woes me, I'm dying, and my life is going to end, and not trusting God. Until God gave me a little like Tip. He's like, you know what? You can either continue to complain or you can get into a place of thanksgiving. And what he did is, at the time I was building for twins. Guys, I didn't know what I was, I didn't, (laughs) I just, I I was just, I was just like, you know what? If I can't have any, give me two, just two for one, two for the price of one, (laughs) just, (laughs) and Anytime on the clock, it'd be like 11-11 or 10-10 or nine, or well, it can't be nine-nine, but anytime there was double, double time on the clock, it was a reminder for me to pray as opposed to complain and murmur. And what that did, it didn't really change, like not miraculously we got pregnant, but what it did, it changed my heart. And it, it got me out of a place of doubts, of insecurity, of like frustration, into a place of expectation and faith right and that is how I've learned to deal with this thing of grumbling and complaining because oftentimes it will come i will have a reason to grumble to grumble and to complain or i think i do because you know i have i have there are times with the lord i have a short memory where it's like you know god came through i face a problem like oh god you're not gonna come through again but if i live out a life of one remembering god and thanksgiving then i remain in a place of faith
0: That's that's good that was the first one you said there was two
1: Oh yes, <laughs> it was really good. the second one. The second one that really stood out was um, dealing with sexual immorality, and um, we can talk some more about it if you have any questions. But I had a close to a fifteen year addiction in this realm that I had to learn to kick. And in this place, you feel like, I felt like, there was no hope, there was no, like I couldn't get out of it, and I hated, I hated, hated, hated being in this place, but I wanted to get out of it. And the reason why I hated being in this place was because I knew that it robbed me of hope, of destiny and of strength because it was like one step forward, three steps back, one step forward, five steps back. And the Bible says that with sexual morality, it is the only sin where you're sinning against your own body, right? And it is it is one of the key ways that the enemy keeps us bound when we compromise in our sexuality. And the reason why we compromise is because we aren't holding and, and because of the nature of what I, what we do as pastors, I've sat with a lot of people and we hear stories and it breaks my heart to see how the compromise first starts with not truly believing what the Bible says about it. That we start to make, we start to water down the truth of the Bible to make excuses for our own comforts. So it's like, ah, that movie isn't that bad. Sir, it is soft. Yep. Right, uh, that song. I'm just listening to the beats, ma'am. <laughs> he is whispering a lot of stuff in your ears as he's singing, right? And it's causing some stuff in your heart and in your mind. So it is holding a line, being able to hold a line of holiness, so that we could not holding a line of holiness, so that we could have a a not be close to, not, not try to figure out how close we can get to the line without sinning, but see how, how close we can be to God and God's standard.
0: No, it's really, really good insights. I'll jump over to Vic. How about you? What, were, uh, what, what stands out to you from that list?
3: Yeah, for me, um, Paul and I used to go into schools and talk about sexual integrity and, and, you know, what the Bible says about sexual immorality. So that one for me seemed kind of obvious. It's the other three that are more subtle and heart issues that really only you and God would know if you're doing those things, grumbling, murmuring, complaining, um, speaking against God or you know, authority and um, idolatry is a big one too. We, we always think, okay, idolatry, I'm not serving any other gods, I only serve Jesus but in your day-to-day life, what are you putting ahead of God? What is actually priority in your life? Because that is what is an idol to you. Um, so for me, um, even with like social media, can be an idol for a lot of people. I, I used to be addicted to Facebook um, and you know, Instagram. You have the never-ending scroll. Um, sometimes you wake up and your finger just goes automatically to your favorite app, like not even like. You're not intentional about it. You just open up the app. Um, So for me, I really was intentional about setting my time before God before I open any apps on my phone. And that has helped to really just prioritize God to say, okay, I'm not having anything else become an idol in my life, but I'm putting you first. Um, And another thing for me as well, uh, the last couple of years, I've really adopted a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And fasting is one way to really just kill your flesh. Uh, your fleshly desires, for anything else. Pastor Samuel talks about comforts. like, what are you filling your voids with? Because we're really only supposed to be filling our voids with
2: God. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's really good. Pastor Sharon, how about you?
2: Uh, I think they covered it all um, in terms of just kind of what stood out. I will say this. Um, I think, you know, when Pastor Samuel um, was talking about sexual immorality, I think most people felt like anyways, felt like a lot of you were holding your breath and, you know, it's kind of like what's coming next or what are you going to, are you going to zero in on me? Here's the reality of it. In our humanity, God made us as sexual beings. And I think once again on the stewardship thing, he asks us to steward ourselves or to rightly handle ourselves. There's a kingdom wise way of handling ourselves in our sexuality. And I said this in first service that when somebody is drowning The reality is they can't, they tend to not have in and of themselves the power to save themselves. So when you are drowning in sexual immorality, and here's the thing about it, we live in a culture that literally says wrong is right and right is strange. Yeah. And we have to, as kingdom citizens, begin to understand what the Bible says is right and what he says is wrong. The Bible says to love righteousness and hate wickedness. And I think for a lot of us regarding sexuality, it's like, oh, that's just, you know, those super Christians out there that don't have sex before marriage or this or that or whatever the case may be. But in the power of God, when we see in the book of Romans, the Bible talks about that he, the same power that raised Christ from the dead Literally abides in us, so that we become not a slave to anything other than Christ. Yeah. So when something is ruling you, that we are not to be a slave to something or to you know whoever you obey, you become that becomes your master. I think what the challenge we have as believers is to access more of the power and the presence of God, not to be ruled by sin and driven by sin as a taskmaster. Yeah. And I think that part of the journey, once again, if you're drowning, um, to get help is that it, it is found in community and it is found in vulnerability. Um, the Christian walk in North America is a very in, or Western countries is, is a very individual walk. My business is my business. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do my thing. But the reality of the kingdom is drastically different than that. It says bring who you are to the family of God and there's healing in the family. That's why the Bible says he sets the lonely into family. That's why David says in Psalm 101, I don't let anybody minister to me unless they are in my close circle, unless they, they love righteousness is essentially what he says in the passion yeah. translations. Those who are in my inner circle. So I said this in first service and I'll say it again because I feel the, the, I feel the anointing of God on this, that many of us need to pursue friendships Or take your friendship to the next level where you become transparent. Somebody knows your inside and out. Where you can look at somebody and say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is who I am. And have them throw their hands around you and say, okay, there is a better way. There is a God who can deliver you from that. So when it comes to sexual immorality, we must, one, once again, I think Pastor Samuel said it well, is we've got to know what the Bible has to say about it. Not what the culture has to say, and then we create our own theology around it. But what is the Bible, true biblical understanding of true biblical sexuality? And then we've got to allow the Lord to speak to us, the Holy Spirit, to challenge us about our wrong thinkings about it and set ourselves in community so iron can sharpen iron.
0: No, uh, once again, I mean, just amazing stuff. And it really segues into kind of the next question point is... And obviously, it's broad. We're talking about these different areas. Again, idolatry in our lives, sexual morality, um, you know, uh, testing, testing Christ, which is really speaking against God's authority, speaking against authority in our lives, and then also uh, grumbling and complaining. What are some tips, and you already started down that road a little bit, but what are some tips to overcome? So maybe someone's sitting there saying, yeah, I'm struggling with that, or I really wrestle with that. What are some tips to our, pastor Samuel? Maybe we'll start with you, because you talked about having, you know, a 15-year uh, addiction, that God obviously set you free from a number of years ago, and you've now been ministering freedom to many people. But what are some tips to walking in freedom? Yeah, like you said,
1: 15 years of addiction, 10 years of freedom, like just not like nothing. Um, yeah, praise God. And and in, in the 15 years, um, the lie of the enemy is that there is no hope. And for you to start to make theology... Um, to make room for your sin. And it's like, you know, God understands. Oh, it's okay. It's not that bad. You know, it's just once in a while that it happens. Oh, it's okay. You'll never really, really get free. You have needs, so on and so forth. And the number one thing that I, I had to do, I'll speak out of my life, is I had to allow my, my, my thinking to be transformed by the, way of, by the word of God. Now, Roman 12 tells us that. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and the way that you renew your mind is actually going to the word of God and seeing what God says. God says, be holy as I am holy. And this is the revelation that came to me, is the God that said, let there be light, and light was... Right? Light didn't struggle. It wasn't a thing of, oh, I'm going to be light. No, I'm not going to be light. Ah." But there's power in the word of God when he said, let there be light. And light was the same God that looked at me, that looks at me, looks at you and says, be holy. Right? And there's power in the word of God to transform you. But it is our job to now sit under the word and to listen to the word and allow the word to renew our minds. renew our thinking because the enemy plays with what we believe and what we think and if he can get us to believe that there's no hope he just bounds us again. Jesus frees us we go right back into into our vomit. He frees us we go right back into our vomit because we think that the vomit is comfortable because we think that the sin is what we need as opposed to God. That's the first thing. Second thing is Pastor touched on it, is I had to find a community of trusted. And when I say community, it isn't 20 people, it's not 30 people. It, it wasn't like, Facebook, not, <laughs> it's it wasn't media. Facebook, it wasn't Instagram, you know? It was a community, one or two people of, of trusted individuals who did not have the same struggle as I did. Because if they did, then it would become a pity party. It become, why I fell, yeah, me too. Oh, was me, it was me too. Okay, what do we do? I don't know. Let's fall together. <laughs> right? Or, or no one, no one will challenge you, and there's no hope in that relationship. But I had to find people who I can look to and be like, you know what? If you did it, I can do it. And aspired to walk in the freedom that they were walking in. It's like a, it's like a coach. It's like a, I'll call it a a sexuality wholeness coach. So I had to find myself one of those. And then third, I just had to fully, I had to make the choice of be fully transparent. Often in this, the, the thing that keeps us bound in sexual immorality is shame. We feel like something is wrong with us, so you know, you bring it up the first time, Three days later, you fall. Bring it up again. Four days later, you fall. You bring it up again. Five days later, you're like, you know what? I'm good because they're gonna think I'm a freak. I lie, <laughs> right? So I had to make I had to make the conscious decision to be like, okay, do I want to hang on to my reputation, or do wanna do I want to take a hold of true freedom? So I was like, I want to take a hold of true freedom, so here I am, here I am, here I am. And then it also helps that the people that I had in my life weren't like, I, had, I tried with a few people that were super like condemning. They were like, you're this, you're that. And I was like, okay, I'm never going back to you. And I had to find people who displayed um, the love of God and the patience and the mercy and challenged me and said, you know what? You're, you're better than this. You can do better. And here we are. Amen.
0: Vic.
3: Um, just to piggyback off of that, um, I want to say, even if you're not struggling somewhere um, sexually, um, it's always good to have accountability, especially uh, for singles who are going into relationship. You might think that you're strong in that area, but if you're with the person that God made for you, you're not going to be strong. The fog. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, Pastor Brendan was Paul's accountability, and my connection leader was mine. So, it was like, we had accountability, so it's like, okay, we really don't want to be telling our pastor that we did this in the car late at night. So that really helped us. But when we did fall, we had to also say, okay, we're going to be vulnerable, and we're going to be open about that so that we can have that accountability. Um, So I just want to encourage you guys in that. Um, And then also, um, I'll touch on grumbling and complaining again, because Pastor Samuel mentioned um, just thanksgiving and gratitude. And there was actually a scientific study that was done on the brain that found that um, gratitude and anxiety cannot exist in your brain at the same time so whenever you have those feelings of anxiety which is usually what causes us to grumble and complain um, if you switch and again back to renewing your mind switch your mind to gratitude and focusing on what God has done for you what what you're believing him to do for you you are not going to be focusing and you literally can't because it can't exist at the same time on on those things that are causing you to grumble or
0: complain Amen, that's really good. And then share what you guys do as a family with your texts.
3: So what we started doing last year was um, we, every morning, we'll do a, a, me, my husband, and our two older girls, we have a group text. So um, we'll share three things that we're thankful for in the morning every day.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome. I think you guys somehow copied me by accident on that one day, or or I think Paul was meant to text the group, and he texts me. (laughs) So I get this text from Paul saying, today I'm thankful for this and this and this. (laughs) And I, 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 I thought, well, awesome, Paul, you know, kind of, <laughs> I'm glad, you're thankful for those things, you know. He felt really bad, and I said, oh, don't worry, that's by far not the worst thing that someone's texted me by accident. But anyways, uh, it's, it's when you're someone's
1: pastor and their phone number, you get some weird texts. But anyways, moving onward here. Sorry, I, I have to ask, Pastor, what is, the, what is one of the weirdest texts you've ever gotten? <laughs> <Since> you have- <laughs> I don't know if it would be appropriate for public <laughs> consumption.
0: Let's just say a gentleman mistakenly texted me a text for his wife. Oh, no. Which was very romantic <laughs> and was talking about uh, some activities he wanted to participate in later in the evening. And so it uh, ended up being a very awkward text, a very awkward situation. I, I texted back and I said, I don't think this was meant for me. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, it's just, uh, watch what you text and double check your text numbers. But anyways, moving on with our very serious discussion about the scriptures, uh, I mentioned last week, my wife brought a wonderful word about the two-sided cor- coin. Just oh, just to confirm, yes, just to confirm. Sorry, series, trying to get in the act up here. Uh, the two-sided coin that we need to guard against of pride and insecurity. And I thought it was, it was so good uh, just in, I mean, it's just so good on so many levels. But I think, I know for me, it was like understanding it's the same coin. And it's just different sides. So let's talk about that for a second. Maybe I'll jump back to you, Vic. You were just sharing. But what really spoke to you, this whole dynamic of, especially I think, because Pastor Sharon says so powerfully, in where God's calling us and where God's taking us, We've got to make sure, we've got to wage war against pride and insecurity because both of them will stop us from stepping into what God has for us. So Vic, maybe just share what, what stood out to you in that area of pride and insecurity and how are you kind of walking that out in your life?
3: Yeah, for me, um, the one that really hit home was insecurity. Um, I grew up with not the best relationship with my parents. There was, you know, spirit of rejection there. Um, And then ended up getting into a really unhealthy relationship. And anyone who's been in a toxic relationship knows how much that just destroys your self-esteem. And so um, right before coming into a relationship with God, I just didn't know who I was. I had low self-esteem, always comparing myself to other people. Um, And it's just been a journey since giving my life to God, just really renewing my mind with the word of God and who he says I am and knowing how he sees me um, and knowing my identity in him um, because you can't really do what God's called you to unless you know who you are in him
0: amen no that's really good pastor Samuel how about you
1: I am totally blank I forgot the question (laughs)
0: <laughs> We're talking about the double-sided coin of pride yes, and insecurity. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, and I apologize. You, you answered very well last service. It was a really good <laughs> answer. So.
1: You know what? I was I was so I was listening to Vic so intensely, and like my mind was thinking about what she said. And I totally forgot the question. Anyways, so I think I you said it really well last week, Pastor Sharon. Is that insecurity and pride are the same coin? And I think for guys, um, or I'll say for me, it was. Where I was insecure, I would swing the pendulum, be insecure, and then mask it by pride because I didn't want anyone to know that I was insecure. So it's like, you know, I'm insecure here, but insecurity would would register as a sign of weakness. So because of that, then I would be prideful and pretend as if I, I have it all together and be like, you know, no, no, I got it together. I'm, I got it, I got to figure it out. And or the other side where I felt like I had it all together, then I would just fall into pride, and part of it is because, personally, I grew up having to rebuff um, feelings of rejection and abandonment just because of how I grew up and because of uh, the relationship that I had with the adults in my life. Um, You know, there's, there's there's a saying that says that the voice of your parents' voice become your inner voice. So if you live under a level of criticism, you will now have a, and it's even like amplified, like a 10-time critic on the inside on, on the side of you. So for me, that was a case. So it's like there was this constant critic that constantly told me that I wasn't good enough. So the way that it, it manifested was I really did believe that I wasn't good enough. So I was insecure, and to mask the insecurity, I would then become prideful. And and I would show, it would show as pride. And I had to snap out of it in the way that I did. Again, Romans 12 is I had to renew my mind, um, transform my mind by the, transform myself by the renewing of my mind with the word of God. And Bill Johnson says this, is that we can't have a thought about ourselves that God doesn't have about us. It is illegal to have a thought about, about ourselves that God doesn't have about us. So I had to really dive into the Word and ask God, who do you say that I am? And believe who God says that I am so that I can snap out of this place of the ditch of insecurity and not fall into the ditch of pride.
0: No, it's really, really good. Beloved, do you want to yeah, just add in? I mean, you preached yeah, the message, so if there's anything yeah. you want to add to it.
2: I know we're coming short of time. I'll just say this I think we've got to nail the comparison thing to the cross. Uh, In the households of faith, I think there's a responsibility. The Bible says they that compare themselves with others and compare themselves with themselves and all that is unwise. And I think the wisdom that God wants to give us is to figure out who he's made you to be, what you carry in the kingdom, and then to run your lane. And, um, yeah, and I'll just say that. I just feel like we're in a season where um, the Lord is requiring of you. He requires of each and every one of us to stand tall. Um, that's something that is not typical of Canadians. In fact, Canadians are a little bit more like, I'm just going to shrink so that we all can belong, where Americans are like, I'm going to be the best of the best of the best. And I think the Lord is saying, as kingdom citizens, I need you to be the best of the best of the best because I've given you the Holy Spirit in order to come into all that I've created you for. So I think we just got to nail comparison to the cross.
0: No, and that's really good. I mean, the message really impacted me Uh, And it it really, I mean, it was so good. It really, for me, saw me to see in a fresh way how comparison is such a big part of this and pride and insecurity are really the same coin in just different sides. I've always known in my life, from very young in my Christian journey, I recognized that pride was something I could stumble into or something that I could struggle with. And uh, But but it's funny, kind of like Pastor Samuel said, I think I've realized I've always been guarded against pride, but I've maybe not recognized where insecurity is holding me back as well. And again, because I do the same thing, you kind of mask it with pride or try and overcompensate. And just that we would really, uh, but, but uh, so much of it's comparison. Because usually I'm prideful because I'm comparing myself to somebody else who I feel like I'm better than. I'm insecure because I'm comparing myself to somebody else that I feel like is better than me. You know, and C.S. Lewis said this, it's just such a great quote, but he said humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. In other words, it's not thinking you're lower. It's actually I'm just so focused on building up others, encouraging others, serving other people, asking how I can help other people. I don't have time. I'm not comparing myself to them. I'm just running my race. I'm staying in my lane, but then I'm trying to lift other people up around me. And if you stay in that place, it's very hard to be insecure or to be prideful because you're not comparing. You're too busy doing what God's asked you to do and then helping other people do what God's asked them to do. And so it's just a really good reminder. So in closing, because we do need to bring this to a close, and thank you guys, you've all shared so well, what is one thing you feel from this past, just we've been talking about this past month? We're coming into the fall. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend. It's kind of the start of the new ministry year, and I just want to encourage you next week, I'm going to be sharing some things that are really important for us as a church and where God's taking us as the fall, so you don't want to miss that. So we're excited about what God's doing and where He's taking us. What is one thing you'd say, This just is. I think this is so important for us to hold on to, or to remember, or to like lock into as a church family as we come into the fall. Pastor Samuel, you want to start?
1: You know what? I think the fall season is a fall of comfort. It starts to get cold, so you want to wrap yourself in a blanket, drink a, a warm drink so that you can feel comfortable. And I really believe that in this fall that the Lord, and I believe that the, the Lord wants you to make him his your source of all comfort that you wouldn't run to, um, you know, we talked about sexual morality for comfort, that you wouldn't run to addiction for comfort, that you wouldn't run to that girl or to that guy for comfort, but really make God your comfort. And in doing so, you will you will receive in it of yourself what you're really looking for. And I feel like some of us um, have been running, um, looking to... to to have a pain medicated on the inside of us. And there has been a soul cry, and we going from thing to thing, whether it's food, whether it is friends, whether it is, it is activities, like just being busy because we're looking for this feeling of comfort and we've been running from thing to thing. God right now is sounding the alarm a little bit and saying, hey, come to me because I want to be the, your source of comfort and the God of comfort to you. Amen. Vic, how about you?
3: Yeah, just in line with that, I think it's a season of putting God first because um, the word that Emma and Sam brought was such a huge call for our church corporately, but That also includes us individually. If you're part of uh, Toronto City Church, you call it your home, you're part of that great call. And so a lot of times we kind of look to the people on the stage or, you know, the ones who are doing big things. And so we don't have to really worry about ourselves too much. But we really need to examine ourselves um, to bring our lives into alignment with where God wants us to be. And I feel like there's a grace to do that in this season.
0: Amen. Pastor Sharon.
2: Yeah, I really, um, I heard the spirit of the Lord say something uh, both to me and I think it is for the church as well, that coming into the fall, and I'm not somebody who likes to rhyme words and all these kinds of things. I'm not trying to be a poet here in these streets, but this is what the Lord said to me. He said, in the fall, don't fall back. And that the fall was a season of time where the Lord was putting a sword in the hand of his people, that it was a time of momentum and advancement. uh, But there would be many things that would cause many people to feel like falling back. It's like the war is on the field. The war is before us. We're about to pursue. We're about to conquer. And it's like someone yells out, fall back, fall back. And I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, actually, that's not this season. So, what does that mean? That means we are in a season where the things that would cause you to fall back, where it may be, you know, Netflix, it's just like, let's just take a chill seat, just to see, let's watch this play out. It's not that type of season. It is a, t- a season to know where you're doing, where you're going. I think, I really believe the Lord's going to release personally for personal understanding, personal wisdom for what some of you have to do in your business, on your job. This is Isaiah 11. He's clothing you with strength, with might, with the fear of the Lord. This is that season. Um, So there has to be this understanding in your heart that there will be many things that will make you feel like, I'm just going to kind of go what Proverbs talks about, the lazy route. I'm just going to kind of, let me just lay down for another hour because I just don't feel like getting up and doing this. But this is not that season. This is a season of the sword. It's a season where we're advancing. It's a season of war. I think the nations are going to see There are going to be various things that pop up between now and into the next year that the believers are going to have to say, hey, I have the solution and the answer for that thing right there. And believers are not weary and falling back. So this is also a season where you have to drink from the well uh, of his presence. So if there has been any other season where you lock into the spirit of God, presence-centered life, presence, it's like fire by night, fire by night, cloud by day when Israel is going through the wilderness, this is that season. So look for the presence of God in every subtle, even in the subtle movements where you're, you're on your job and you're like, I don't know what to do about this. Look for the presence of God. Look for the peace of God. Look for the direction, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit because this is that particular season.
0: Amen, and I think that's a great spot for us to close this on. Yeah, and just really the word that came there was, we won't just fall back, but that we rise up. And so this fall, and I really feel that's an encouragement for us as a church family, even as we come into all that God's doing, let's not fall back. Let's not let the enemy cause us to retreat in any way, but let's press forward together. Let's rise up into all that God has for us. Amen? Come on, someone tell your neighbor, we're rising up. We're rising up. <laughs> tell some bells. Don't fall back. All right, can we pray into this as we close? I'm here with you just, we want God's grace and God's strength this season to walk this out. So if that's you, I just want you to hold your hands out like you're receiving something. If you guys can just pray over us and just pray out what you've been sharing. Maybe Vic, if you want to start, let's just go down the line and just pray. Let's just receive from the Lord on this as we bring things to a close.
3: God, we just thank you for everything that you are doing in this season. Everything that you're speaking to us, God. I thank you for the call that you have on our church corporately, but also the call that you have on us individually. And I thank you that you know the plans that you have, God. And your grace is sufficient. So I pray, Lord, that every day we would wake up hungry for your presence, God, knowing that as we come to you, as we come before the throne room, that we can lay everything before you, that we can conquer in that place because you said that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony so I just declare a conquering spirit over every person here I thank you Lord that we win every battle big and small and I thank you that we're walking in unity into the things that you have for us in Jesus name
1: in Jesus' name And Father, I thank you that you are showing up as a God of all comfort for my brothers and sisters, God. God, those who are weary, those who are brokenhearted, those who have lost hope, God. God, I ask, Father, that they would know, that they would realize, God, that you are the God of all comfort, Father. You are the God of all. In you, Father, that they can find what their soul has been longing for. God, I also ask, Lord, that you would be obedient to your word, that God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, God. You've spoken to us. You are speaking to us, God, and you will continue to speak to us, Father. You have warned us, God. You've promised us. You prom- you've you given your promise to us, God. There's so many words that you've given to us, God. God, we've listened to them. We've heard them. God, I ask that we would not just be hearers of your word, but Father, that we would be obedient, Father, to what you've asked us to do, God. God, we give you our yes once again this morning, God. We say yes to your to you, God. Yes Father, to what you are asking us to do, God. God, we trust you with our hearts, God. We trust you, Father, with our past. God, we trust you, Father, with our places of pain. God, we trust you with our places of shame. God, we trust you, Father, with our most deepest, darkest secrets, God. God, we ask, Lord, that your light, Father, will illuminate the darkest places of our hearts, God, for the sake of freedom, for the sake, Father, of the promised land, for the sake of seeing the manifestation of what you promised us come to pass. God, we choose to be holders of your glory, God, and we ask, Father, that everything that comes against it Father, would-be, Father, annihilated, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father, for this. Yes, we thank you, Father, that we can trust you in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to just
2: stand to your feet, I'm just going to pray over you. Fresh strength to rise. um, Because many of you feel like incredibly weary and physically drained. So right now, if you want to just raise your hands for a moment. Father, right now, over our church family, I just declare over you the strength that comes from abiding in the vine. Father, right now, where many have suffered loss, where there's been grief, there's been disappointment, there has been financial issues, there has been relational fallout. God, I pray, Father, for the remainder of this year, Father, I, I pray for strength to come back to your physical. Frame to your emotions, to your spiritual walk with Jesus. Father, that as people begin to seek you, Father, you said you are a rewarder of they that diligently seek you. So, Father, I pray for a fresh level of strength, for the wind of of your presence, the wind of your spirit to energize physical bodies. Father, I pray that you would do what cannot be done in human effort. God, would you blow upon your people? in a fresh way. Father, I pray over sleep right now. Father, that when we lay our head to sleep, God, that you would give to your beloved even in the night hour. Father, you would download strategy and wisdom that this would be a season of divine revelation. Father, I pray right now, Father, for physical bodies, God, down to the the aspects on the cellular level that you would rejuvenate, you would refresh, and that you would Bring a new level of stride and anticipation. And more than anything, God, I just declare this to be a season of hope. Father, right now, Father, for those that have lost hope in you, hope in the future, hope in what you're able to do, Father, we release, we declare that we would look to our eyes, look to the hills from where comes our help. It comes from you and you alone. So, Father, we look to you right now. You're not looking to anybody on this stage. You are looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the giver of hope. We anchor ourselves in you right now. Father, the beginning of this segment of the year, you are our anchor. None other but you, not in ourselves, but in you. So come on, just take a few moments and just see yourself dropping that anchor like you're, the ship of your life needs to drop an anchor. Father, we drop it in you right now. And we thank you, Father, that you, you direct our path. You said trust in you with our entire heart. So surrender your heart to him again. We do it every day. God, I choose you again. I surrender to you again
0: name so father we just thank you today for all that you've spoken to us for all that you've said god those who are in person those who are online those who watch this after the fact and i pray just really simply that we will not just be hearers of this word but we will be doers of this word in jesus name and everyone agreed said amen Amen. just before you go if i could just remind you of a couple things i won't even get you to sit down i'll be very quick first and foremost oh okay you can sit down i said i won't get you to sit down but you sat down so sit down that's okay go ahead and sit down. I'll be very quick, though, I promise. Number one, just a reminder, if you're a first-time guest with us, thank you again for joining us. It's been a huge honor to have you. Please go see the Connect table. We'd love to connect with you a little bit more and just get to know you better. Uh, number two, we want to acknowledge and say thank you to everyone who faithfully gives in your tithes and your offerings. Toronto City Church, I mean, we're not a business that has income generators and different things that are happening. We're a church. and we go forward as people give and as they obey god in their tithes and their offerings and one of the things i've learned over over almost 25 years of ministry now is in a church family if everyone would just obey god in the tithe that church would have more than enough to do everything god asked it to do and so thank you to everyone for your faithfulness and i want to encourage you as always if you've not yet opened that area of your life up to the lord through faithfulness and tithes and offerings Take a step of faith and watch what God does in your life. Watch the doors that he opens for you. Watch the blessing that starts to flow when you take that step of faith. And so we want to encourage you that obviously the giving instructions are on the screen behind me. Let's just pray and agree into this seed and the giving that goes throughout the week. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the honor and opportunity we have to give into your kingdom. God, to give and support your work here at Toronto City Church. I thank you, God, for blessing over every person as they give. Father, we thank you that we're distributing centers. You get it to us so you can get it through us. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we have more than enough to do everything you've called us to do. We will be faithful with little and you will make us rulers over much. And so we thank you for the faithfulness in this house in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said. Amen. A couple of practical reminders, and then we'll dismiss. We're into the fall. We get on our email list. If you're not on our email list, you'll be missing out on different things that are happening. And so you can go to the Connect table. You can email the office. There's different ways that you can plug in the email list. But we know things that are happening. Next Sunday is going to be very important as I'm going to be sharing with you some vision and some direction for the fall and where we believe God's taking us. It's going to be really good. On Friday the 15th, everybody say Friday the 15th. We are gonna be having an altered Friday night of prayer as a church family. So I wanna encourage you, mark that down be here for prayer. I'm going to be sharing some things next week of how we're going to be emphasizing this through the fall, but save the date. It's going to be very powerful. And then on the 17th, which is a Sunday, we're doing something called Homecoming Sunday, which is going to have a very strong family feel, be amazing blessing. So just save the save the calendar for that. Mark it down. But also get on our list, get on the website because more upcoming events are happening. We're going to have baptisms next week. So if we've got some people set up for baptism, if you want to get baptized, sign up. We'd love to see you take that step of faith. And then, last one, I just want to mention on a practical note, we mentioned it a number of weeks ago. We're mentioning it again because the period's coming to an end. Of uh, We're excited to welcome David Acoli, an amazing member of Toronto State Church, to our board of directors. So if you have any questions about that, uh, just let us know about that. We are governed by a board of directors, and David has been a wonderful addition to that, and we're excited to have him as part of the team. But we're done. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for being here today. Have an amazing rest of your Labor Day weekend. Have an amazing start to school. And let's get ready for an amazing fall and all God's doing. We're not falling back. Amen. We're rising up. We're not falling back. God bless you in that. If you, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're done for today. If, if you do, we're finished today. But God bless you. Have a good Sunday.